What does it mean to live life to the fullest, train to your potential and perform at your best? Leave nothing on the table. That's a non-negotiable, is that I, I strive to be better every day. Because if I'm not on top of my game, how is anybody else going to follow me down the road? Keep demanding more of yourself to, to live up to that potential and to stay hungry. Training is progress. You know, when I look at the word training, I think of steps, baby steps to get somewhere that you want to be. And that is basically your life journey. It's a mindset in itself, man. It's like, it's not just about, I know that for you, a lot of that's about the physical, but we're constantly in training, whether it's growing our skill sets, whether it's growing our physical bodies, whether it's growing our relationships, whatever. And all of that's a training ground. And that kind of goes back to the mindset that we just talked about. You underestimate yourself and you don't even start. But then once you start, you often surpass what you thought you could do. Perform at your best, mate. That's that's sort of what life is all about. You know, want to have the knowledge, want to have the fitness, the health, the ambition and drive that no matter what comes along, when that next phone call comes, I can just say, yes, I don't have to worry. Just go and do it. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Live, Train, Perform podcast. I'm your host, Sean Cober, and joining me today is my number one fangirl, Kat Yanakis. <laughs> Welcome back to the episode, Kat. You are my first repeat guest. Oh, that's exciting. Thanks for having me back on. My pleasure. For those that have been following the podcast, I did an interview with Kat uh, probably a couple of months ago, and she was um, gracious enough to share her story um, about how she's dealt with a lot of food relationship issues and things like that and how she's still dealing with them. So if you haven't listened to that episode, um, please make sure you go back, uh, listen to that, get some context on who I'm speaking to um, and listen to Kat's story because for the most part, a lot of people will take a lot of um, lessons and strategies away from that episode. So once again, Kat, thank you very much for sharing that with my listeners and myself. No problems. Looking forward to today. Yeah. Now, again, for people listening, the reason I've got Kat back on again, this is one of my coach's corner sessions. And we just had a conversation offline about, um, actually, let's go through that conversation. Kat was like, are these FAQs? Because these are really fucking good questions. And my reply was, um, you know, I get these questions a lot of the times. And for the most part, I, I try and do my best to um, answer people's questions via social media and things like that. But you know, it does take a lot of time and it's much easier for me to, if I get the same questions numerous times, it's much easier for me to put these um, episodes together where I can then push people towards the podcast. Um, and I did actually record a Q&A session over this week. It's Friday now. And yesterday, my software that I used to record decided to update and I lost my entire episode. So I messaged Kat yesterday and I was like, hey, Random question, but you want to jump on to a Coach's Corner episode with me? And she's like, I'd fucking love to. Let's do it. So here we are. Awesome. Let's kick off, first of all, with this is a question that I asked Marshall in the last Coach's Corner, and that was, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see your clients make when they first start working with you? This is a good question also. Um, I guess for me, a lot of my clients have now been working with me for a long period of time. And I think one of the major mistakes that I see when people come to me is that they assume that I'm going to be a trainer or a coach that uh, drills them every time they work with me. And 
one of the mistakes that I see or the biggest mistakes that I see in the, you know, health and fitness industry is that a lot of people view fitness or, you know, working with the trainer as being uh, sessions where you're absolutely getting smashed or you're getting, you know, really sweaty or you're just doing strength training. And when people come to me, I have to almost uh, reframe their mindset about coaching and, and what approach I'm going to be taking with them because, most of what I do or 90% of my sessions with people is about working with intention and improving their fitness in various components rather than just saying, hey, let's do 45 minutes of me drilling you, um, which is something that, you know, they're potentially used to doing in their classes or with, you know, other trainers they might have worked with in the past. Yeah, I love that answer and uh, the reason I asked you that was because I knew where you'd go with that and, you know, that's why we're friends. Um, we have very similar coaching philosophies and for the most part, you know, any change starts first with the psychological and behavioral change. You know, I was having this conversation with some of my clients this morning, some of my fighters that I was training um, and, you know, we are talking about the impact of the psychological component of, and it's not just to do with training, it's to do with life as well. And so many people rely on other people for external validation or guidance or um, whatever it might be. And as Kat said, so many people go to the gym and they expect their trainer to just hammer them. And that's the difference. That's a fucking trainer. Like anyone can put, you know, 10 exercises on the board. Let's do 10 reps of every exercise, set a 30-minute clock, crack on and pay no attention to the technique or the form or anything like that and become a fucking cheerleader and a rep counter, like, I mean, if that's your coach, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but if you're listening <laughs> and that's your coach, then that's not a fucking coach. Like, you're wasting your money. That person is not really helping you. Like, they're, they're lighting a fire under mm. you to get you moving. A coach is someone who lights a fire within you that gives you the information and the knowledge and the guidance that allow you to, you know, Take fucking control of your own life and optimize the other 23 hours of the day so you can get the most out of that one hour of training. Yeah, I totally agree. And like when you come out into the fitness industry, if you're someone that has just done a course, you don't learn those skills straight off the bat. You don't learn about, you know, mobility and functionality of the body and the physiology and the anatomy of things in depth. So for myself, for example, I've been doing this now. I'm about to enter the 13th year. Um but for the first seven, I called myself a trainer. I didn't call myself a coach and I didn't even use occupational therapist because I didn't think I deemed the title yet. I needed to learn more. I needed to work with more people. I needed to continue my own education to give myself, you know, the credibility of coach. So when you're looking or you're trying to find a new, you know, trainer or coach, just be mindful of, of these things, you know, what, what is their philosophy and what are they trying to do for you long term? Yeah, again, a very important um, note. If you are if you are looking for a coach, you know you should be asking them questions. And here's here's a takeaway for most people: like if you ask your coach a question and they give you a black and white answer without first asking another five questions to get some context, then they probably don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Hmm. Um, but it's a good point in what Kat said before. And I've, I've, again, this is another question that I get quite regularly, which 
is not the point of this episode, but I do want to touch on it and I will dive into this in a lot more detail in an upcoming episode. But so many people say, you know, I'm starting out in the fitness industry or I'm doing my PT course or strength and conditioning or whatever. Like what's some guidance that you can give me? Like what's some advice that you can give me? And before I give my advice, do you have any advice for that person that reaches out and, and asks those questions, Kat? Yeah, well, firstly, it's get in and start start working at it, you know, start working with people. But while you're doing that, you need to understand that you're going to have to continue your education, your personal development and growth as a trainer to lead you into coaching. You know, this doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't take six months. It doesn't take 12. It takes years and it's continuous. So I think one of the major things for people that are coming into the industry is if you want to succeed and if you want to be good, you're going to have to grind. You really are. You're going to have to work on the craft of being a coach. And that means a lot of personal development and continuous education. Yeah, let's not... Actually, I do want to stay here for a little bit because I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, talk to me about how you, I know your story about how you first got into the industry, but for those listening, there's multiple, um, uh, I guess, paths of getting into the industry. And for me, I started working in a commercial gym. I did my PT course as I was transitioning from the army in, back into civilian world. And for me, I went straight into a commercial gym and they had a number of, um, options that I could choose as a trainer walking into a new gym. It was a brand new gym as well. So we we're basically building it from the ground up. And, you know, I could go in as an employee where I was getting paid, whatever, 25 bucks an hour. And I had to do a certain amount of hours for the gym. The gym would gather all the clients and then pass off their PTs to me. And let's say the gym's taking $70 per hour. They would take the majority of that and I'll get paid $25 an hour. So that was one option. Another option was I could subcontract or sorry, be a contractor for the gym. So basically what I did there, and this is the route that I ended up taking was um, they gave me three months where it gave me access to their members. It gave me access to the gym. And the first month I had to do, I think it was like 15 hours a week in the gym for free and I didn't pay any rent. And then the second month was, I think, 10 hours a week for free. And then I paid 50% rent or something like that. And then the third month was five hours free and then 75% rent. So the whole concept was over three months, you build up your client base, you get people on your books, and then you build up to paying full rent. And you know, some of the gyms that I worked at was like $250, $300 a week in rent that I was paying a gym just to have access to uh, their members and to the equipment there what was the path that you took to get into working as a trainer my path was a little bit different because i actually started as a group exercise instructor so what i did was i went a different route and uh endured my first experience as an entrepreneur um and developed my group fitness classes so I went down the road of having to find, firstly, free space, outdoor sessions, and then finding spaces to rent, like, you know, community centres and um, bowling clubs and stuff like that. And at one period, I was running about 24 different exercise classes within a week. So that was how I had to do it, which meant that there was different modalities that I had to put into place and there was also a different level of, you know, trying to promote, trying to get word out because 
I didn't have that access in a gym to, you know, grab a group of people and just be like, hey, you want to group train? It was more like word of mouth, advertising, learning about marketing, which I had no idea. You don't, you don't touch on that in occupational therapy. Like, so there was all these different things that I had to do. And then over time, I realized how much I did prefer working one-on-one with people. So it was actually then eventually pulling people from those classes and starting physical training majority in home, um, which has worked in my favor now in a pandemic world. And also then eventually moving into a gym who had a similar setup to your original one where it was like you got paid a percentage of the fee that the client was paying. Yeah, and that's the whole reason I wanted to ask that question is because there's so many different pathways to becoming a coach and you know, choosing the path that is right for you is very important because there's so many different options and you know a lot of people don't know that when I was starting my own business and those first three months where I was at the gym and I was giving them free hours, I was also giving away free hours to potential clients. People would walk into the gym and I would meet them at reception and say, hi, how are you today? My name's Sean. I'm a new trainer here. Um, I've just started. I'm offering um, people 30 minutes of free personal training. And that's basically how I put people on my books would be I would book in two free 30-minute training sessions. And I was doing like 30, 40, 50 hours a week for free when I first fucking started. And this is what people don't realize, you know. And and this is something that I realized very, very quickly. Um, To tie it all back into what you were saying earlier, it's not just about putting someone through a training session and giving them a meal plan. When I first started, that's what I did. And I very soon fucking realized that, you know, 5% of people got results from that because they had the internal drive and motivation to, you know, stick to the plan and they got results. Okay, but the other 95% of people, when fucking life got in the way and they couldn't stick to the meal plan and the training plan, me as a trainer was like, well, that's your fault that you couldn't do that. But I soon evolved and I was like, no, these people are paying me. I need to figure out a way to get them to, you know, focus on one thing at a time that is going to make a fucking impact on their life and not just on what they're doing in the gym, but the other 23 hours of the day so that when they walk into the gym, you know, they are in a good place to be able to get the most out of their training. And, you know, this was interesting for me. I I ended up becoming, and I'm sure you felt the same as well. I ended up becoming a counselor for people. Like I literally had people come in and they would fucking cry on my shoulder when I'd start asking them them questions. And, you know, they would break down in the middle of the gym. And sometimes my training session, you know, the training plan would go out the window. And I would literally take my client outside for a fucking walk around the park to get some sunshine and, you know, some fresh air and just talk to them about what was going on in their life. And they would unload all their stress and all that type of shit. And, you know, it became draining at times. But it was fucking awesome to hear that so many people like, this is the best part of my day. I didn't feel like coming into training today, but I knew that you would adapt the session to suit me rather than most people, if they're having a bad day, they call their trainer and they cancel the fucking session. But I developed um, a system and I developed this trust and rapport with my clients that if things were going bad, 
they were stressed out at home, they would actually call ahead or message ahead and say, hey, just letting you know that I'm stressed out today. Um, I'm still coming in, but you know, let's adjust the session because I built that trust. I built that rapport and they would still come in and they would walk out of the gym going, I feel amazing. That was the best part of my day. Thank you. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think with with that, that, that rapport is how you also get longevity with your clientele. That's how you keep a client base. That's how you keep working with someone, evolving with them, helping them throughout their, you know, their life. Like I said, some of these people have been working with me for years. And as the business, my business has evolved, I could potentially be just online with my behavioral therapy. I could, but I choose to still keep 10 to 15% of my business as personal training and physical coaching because I enjoy that side of things. I enjoy being able to help people through particular situations in life that they might be going through. I like that it is their best, you know, hour of their day that they're enjoying training, being able to adapt to, you know, whatever's going on outside. I'll adapt to the session. You know, they'll tell me, heads up, this happened today. Okay, great. We're going to do just a mobility session today and I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to show you movements, I'm, whatever it might be. And even now during pandemic times, everything for me is virtual, including my physical coaching. And even last night I had someone who said, hey, I'm exhausted, but I want to do something. And that was it. We ran through a 40-minute hamstring stretch out mobility session and it was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you very much for sharing. Um, and that just brought something up for me as well that I want to tie back into this whole conversation about, you know, again, going back to what I was saying, when I first started, it was all about um, the training plan. It was all about the nutrition. Um, but I very soon realized that I needed to look after the other things. And what was actually a game changer for me was when I started asking them questions. Hey, do you have any pain anywhere? Do you have any discomfort? Do you have any imbalances, etc.? And once, you know, fuck 90% of people had chronic pain they had issues with joints they had frozen shoulders they had muscular imbalances dysfunction tension um etc and once i started addressing those things i was like there's something here so many people are walking in with injuries and once i started going down you know the rehabilitation path and educating myself on that and then i would use you know some soft tissue work to um you know switch off their what was tight and then do some activation work to fire up what was weak and pull their joint back into alignment and then I'd get them moving, those people would fucking sign up because they walk into the gym with a sore shoulder and they walk out of the gym going, oh, my shoulder hasn't felt so free for years. That person is coming back and I very soon realized that, all right, it's not just about that training program and that nutrition plan. All right, if I can get someone moving better, um, you know, more freely, more mobility, more freedom of movement, um, more range of movement, less pain. Those are the people that are coming back. Those are the people that are signing up. And once they sign up, once I address those issues, then we can start building strength and muscle and power and speed, endurance and, you know, targeting body fat and all that type of stuff. But for the most part, most people don't realize how much pain they're in. They just, they live with it. And this is a question we'll get into later. Like they, they just live with this pain and they think that's normal. Yeah, I mean, same. And when you start working with mobility and you start, if you do get the opportunity to do any courses, even in basic massage um, and stuff like that, and learning about release work, 
someone comes to you with a sore shoulder or tight neck and it's like, okay, well, let's have a look at your range of motion and see what's going on. And then you change it just by a couple of degrees. It's like, oh, wow, there's so much happening here. And they, they, the rest of the day they feel great because they've got more movement in their neck. You know, it's these little things that can make a significant difference on someone and that's what we're here to do. That's what coaching is about. There is more to it than just strength and endurance, you know. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, that's why I want to go down this path a little bit because that's why I went down the strength and conditioning path. One, I wanted to work with professional athletes but two, I was like, all right, it's not just about doing my PT course and then fucking thinking I know everything. All right, the human is a fucking jigsaw puzzle and every single person that walks in is completely different and I need to figure out that jigsaw puzzle. All right, this person's got pain here. What does that likely mean? There's probably some muscular imbalances, joints probably in a you know poor position, poor recruitment patterns, um, holding tension. There's so many things that go on. All right, cool. Let me ask this person about their sleep. Let me ask them about their stress levels. Let me ask them about... Um, you know, childhood traumas and things like that. And, you know, I don't want to go too far down that path. But um, at the end of the day, like we need to know somebody's background to, to a certain extent to be able to deal with them as a person because we are fucking dealing with humans. And that's what coaching is about. They're humans and we need to figure out that jigsaw puzzle. And the more tools that we have, the more we're able to help someone. And this is why I coach the way that I coach because, you know, if all you have is a fucking hammer, Everything looks like a nail. Yeah, that's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, but, yeah, very everything there, you know, is very valid. And it's, uh, as I said, the more that you can learn or the more that you, you find philosophies that you like and then you start building on learning those tools and then continuing to learn about it and just literally cementing it into your own philosophy just is what helps create you become a better coach. Yeah, just to add on that, um, we um, we might as well answer this question now. <laughs> We've gone far enough down this path, um, but for the most part, when I do get these questions, when people ask me, you know, I'm trying to get into the fitness industry. What's your recommendations? What books should I read? What courses should I do? What podcast should I listen to? One, listen to this podcast because uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I get awesome people like Cat on to share their experience. But the other thing is uh, just ties in with what Cat just said. Then is you know learn something. And then go and apply it. And this is how I learned. I was like, all right, every single person that I'm working with is coming in with pain. I need to figure out why. I need to figure out what's causing that. Okay. And then, you know, I go down that path of like rehabilitation, you know, figuring out what's causing these um, misalignments of the joints and things like that. And for the most part, it's muscular dysfunction and imbalances, right? So if I can create or sorry, um, fix those imbalances, and address those imbalances, that's going to get the joint moving freely, that person's going to move better with less pain. All right, cool. Now I need to address sleep. How's this person sleeping? Why are they not sleeping very well? Is there anxiety? Is there stress? Is there, you know, so cool. Now I need to go and learn about sleep. Now I need to learn about the autonomic nervous system. Are they in a fight or flight state most of their life? Do they ever do anything that allows them to push into a parasympathetic state of rest and digest? Because if they're not doing that, they're not fucking able to digest, absorb, assimilate their nutrient from food to then provide the raw materials to the systems that they're stressing out through training. You know, there's so many different aspects to this. And my recommendation is, you know, learn one thing, apply it. And then, you know, if you want to go deeper in that point, 
do it. Take courses on it. Listen to podcasts on it. Read books on it. Then once you're happy with your base level knowledge in that area, then move on to another area that you enjoy, that interests you. Did you want to add anything to that or are you happy to round out that uh, portion? Round out that because it's very similar. Basically, those things, you know, I always like to focus on sleep as well, but I'm not going to go down that today. (laughs) (laughs) And that rounds out today's episode, part one of The Coach's Corner with Kat Yanakis. Tune in for the next episode where we are going to be diving into how to implement functional training equipment and tools into your training sessions and training regimes. Any five-star ratings and reviews are much appreciated, guys. And anyone who does leave me a five-star rating and review will receive precedence when it comes to answering their questions. Much love, guys. Peace.